Hey, this is Kim Davis, and this is one in a series of podcasts we're doing about RevOps from the OpStars event in San Francisco. And my guest for this podcast is Kerry Cunningham, who's Senior Research Director, Marketing Operations Strategies at Serious Decisions by Forrester. Welcome, Kerry. Thank you. And I, I just saw you um, give a remarkably comprehensive presentation about what RevOps is and why it's important. And we could kind of jump in at any point, but one thing really jumped out at me. This CRO position we hear about, mm. Chief Revenue Officer, just because a company has a CRO, it doesn't necessarily mean they're doing RevOps and vice versa. Could you expand on that a bit? Sure, that's right. Yeah, that's something that we had to disambiguate when we started thinking about this uh, over a year ago, uh, because there is a trend uh, towards seeing more chief revenue officers. It's up 68%, that title on LinkedIn in the last year. Um, At the same time, there's this uh, focus on revenue operations. And the chief revenue officer, you think about that job, that is overseeing all of marketing, all of sales, oftentimes even product in the customer organizations. Uh, that's a massive job that encompasses most of what a B2B organization does. Yeah. Right? It's just, uh, it's nearly all the organization. Revenue operations is very important, but it's a much, much smaller part of the organization and just the operations functions within marketing, sales, and customer. So, and, and the reason I think it's really important for us to keep those things distinct in our minds is that one of the things that causes, say, leaders of marketing organizations in B2B to resist the idea of revenue operations is they they perceive uh, people coming for their job. Right. And we'll probably talk about this a little bit later in a CMO panel. But they, you know, when you see somebody saying, "Well, uh, if they conflate chief revenue officer and revenue operations, now somebody wanting to talk about revenue operations in my organization is is now perhaps threatening my job as a CMO." Not necessary. Right? We want that CMO to think, no, let's make sure that we get full alignment of the revenue operations functions. And very often we actually see the chief marketing officer being the leader in driving that integration right. um, in an organization. So we want to make sure that those things just stay distinct. So let's dive into what Rev, RevOps actually means. And as I understand it, you, you can have not every RevOps setup is the same. You can have some very loose coalitions between the functions. You can have a very centralized setup. But the functions we're talking about, correct me if I'm wrong, marketing, sales, customer success. What's the difference between just having those functions and having them uh, framed as RevOps? Well, those three functions have grown up organically in most organizations. I mean, virtually any organization in B2B has a marketing organization and a sales organization. But uh, when they're smaller, they may not have distinct operations organizations inside them. Usually sales operations comes first. As the marketing organization grows, it might develop some operational capabilities. It's got some distinct systems and processes it's looking after. So those things tend to grow up organically. And now the customer success uh, organization is also developing its own operations. It has its own systems, its own software that it uses that are completely distinct. So as they grow up organically, uh, they're addressing needs that each of those three organizations have, but they're not necessarily aligning across the three. Right. Uh, and where we see a lot of uh, there's there's a lot of processes that that should integrate and interact across the three. Just the idea of a, uh, a full view of who the customer or buyer really is. Well, when you talk to marketing, sales, and customer, you can get three different perspectives. Yeah. Right? So that's that uh, old adage about you know the, the 
what's the tail of the elephant and the, the trunk of the elevator. That's what you get when you talk to those three organizations about a customer. You can't have that and scale successfully. If you're really going to scale and operate effectively, everybody's got to be talking about the same elephant. Now, you may be concerned about a different part of the elephant, but it has to be the same elephant, right? So that's the idea. RevOps is about making sure that now that we've got these organically grown departments with their unique concerns and kind of parochial concerns about their systems, we need to understand where they interact, where are the key places that, uh, like it would view the customer, where what I think about it has to be the same thing that you think about it in, in sales operations, and then align on those things. So for us, revenue operations is first and foremost making sure that that alignment happens. Yes. Um, and recognizing where it isn't happening, what pain is it causing, and correcting it. And then the different kinds of RevOps, whether it's a, this coalition of the willing, the centralized function, um, whatever it might be, that needs to follow from what's going to cause that alignment most effectively in the organization, yeah. rather than be the hope that if we go to this kind of organization, it'll just happen. Yes, going direct to a fully centralized RevOps model where suddenly all those functions are under one person or under one system of governments, that can be a big thing for an organization to buy it off. That, that, that requires a lot of transformational change, doesn't it? It does, or it can, at least uh, depending on the size of the organization, the maturity of the organization. So the more mature an organization is, the greater the need for uh, specific efforts to be aligned, um, but also the more difficult that alignment will be. Yeah. Uh, so it's tempting for organizations where that alignment is difficult to come by to just say, you know what, let's just put them under one leader and then that person will figure it out. <laughs> yes. And that sometimes works and sometimes doesn't. Yeah. But we don't want to predicate how we go about this based on sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> okay, no. Now, there are three elements to alignment, and I'd like you to talk about them and talk about their relative importance. Yeah. One is being aligned on the vision, the planning, where the company is going. One is being aligned on operations, and of course that means breaking down these data silos, these tech silos. And the third one we just touched on is organizational alignment. Mm -hmm. How do those relate, and which, which, are the significant, which is yeah. the significant one? Uh, well, uh, you have to have uh, the strategic alignment. You, there's nothing you can do after that is going to be aligned if you're not aligned on that. Because if, if, if you're not aligned on the strategy and the goals, you could have a marketing department that is very good at achieving its goals, but its goals are different from sales goals, uh, and sales is very good at that, and you'll be very good at going out of business, is what you'll be at that, at that point. So ha that has to come first. Uh, and as I said in the talk, most organizations are pretty good at that. Uh, our leaders are our leaders in those organizations because they understand they have to do that. And it doesn't mean it stays that way. The bigger the organization, the more complex it is to keep it that way once they're aligned. Um, but that has to be there. Next is operational. Uh, and operational uh, is far more important than organizational. Organizational needs to serve operational. It's looking at what needs to align within the organization and the processes and the people and the systems, the infrastructure. What do we have to do to be perfectly aligned uh, and to stay aligned as well as we can? And then the question is, all right, what kind of organization is going to best allow us to do that near term, midterm, long term? Yeah. Uh, so that definitely comes third. When it comes second, which is where it very often comes, it's really you're hoping by osmosis that all of the operational stuff is going to happen. And again, sometimes it does. Yeah. Uh, it looks like, I mean, it's obviously it's the daunting part, but 
pulling all the data together, making sure it's all consistent, that everyone can access it, that people are using the same solutions, the same software. Again, that's, that's a challenge. It is, yeah. And that's the stuff that you can't punt on and just hope that uh, doing a realignment of the org is going to fix. Uh, but, you know, that's what there is to do. Uh, yeah. you know, yes. <laughs> that is, you know, what, what the operations functions uh, really need to do. And I think most, most operations people that I know, whether it's uh, marketing operations, sales operations, customer, uh, are very keen to do it. Uh, but it's, the difficulty is sometimes stepping up from the day-to-day uh, operations to look at, all right, does it make sense that I go out and use this predictive vendor when sales is using a different one to, right. to come to the same answer? Right? Right. I may prefer one over the other, uh, but we can't have, we shouldn't have two looking, you know, answering the same question in a different way. Sure. Now, one, one insight um, I've had here at Opstars is the way this is being driven by a much bigger picture of the, I guess, the B2B economy, in that with the recurring revenue models, very familiar to software companies but becoming more common in other B2B spaces, that means customer success, customer retention, customer loyalty, and even customer experience starting to look more important than than demand gen and just acquiring new customers. Can you talk about how that relates to RevOps? Yeah, that's absolutely true. One, uh, you know, I think when people think about RevOps to start with, they generally would start with marketing and sales ops, and those are the two most prominent. Uh, Because customer operations isn't as important or significant in most organizations today, Uh, but it's on its way to being more important and more significant. And I've had conversations with with technology provider vendors and even with our clients who say, you know, when we think about where the revenue is coming from, uh, we focus entirely on how we're going to go get net new, but that's often because we're not doing as good a job as we should be doing, retaining and growing what we already have, uh, or because we haven't really just thought about the importance of growing those existing customers. Um, the whole concept of the demand unit, which we've talked about yeah. in the past, comprehends this idea that inside an organization that's a customer, it's not just that one sale that we can make, but there's multiple opportunities to sell something generally, and generally when we make that first sale, it's not as big as it could be, right? So organizations tend, when they set goals, to lose sight of that, that getting that new sale and that new customer is a great moment, but it's usually a partial victory, right? And it's only a partial victory, and you need to keep working at it to, to make it bigger. Yeah, no, the term I've seen you use this is customer marketing. It really is about being able to make sales over a long period to the same customer, understand their pain points, have a relationship, and it's not just about grabbing new, new, just building your numbers with new customers. Right. You know, one of the critical things there, too, is, uh, you know, understanding, you know, when you're selling a new customer, we think about the buying group. Who are the people involved in making that decision? We also have a concept that serious decisions now of the retention unit. It's a different group of people. Uh-huh. It overlaps yeah. with the buying group. A lot of the same people will be involved. If you have eight or ten people involved in buying something from you, probably four or five of them are going to be involved in saying yes again. Yes. Uh, but there will be another set of people that you have to attract, engage, and win over to make that next sale. That is something that organizations need to understand and actively work at, right? and not just something that we hope happens. Yeah, just to throw another very popular term into the mix, it sounds to me that what you're describing dovetails very well with an ABM strategy. It does, yeah. Um, you know, and that, and that, you know, I think some of the overlap there is 
And one, the fact that if you've got an ABM strategy, you're by definition saying this customer is important to us, and so we're going to need to not just land it as a new customer, but uh, do what we can to be successful with it, to grow it, to retain it. Uh, and that a lot of the operational processes that you have could, especially for going after new customers, could benefit a lot from understanding what makes those uh, ABM customers you've already won over and are growing successful. Sure. Right? How do I use the, what I know about what we're successful with with our ABM accounts to go out to the rest of the market that we want to sell? Okay. And I think this also relates to compensation. I mean, it's very familiar that the old sales marketing alignment uh, initiative always ran into compensation questions. But there's this idea that you may be compensating in any case in a different way if you're looking at customer lifetime value rather than just you hit your numbers for this month. How's that, how's that all going to change? Well, I think uh, there are a couple of different things about how the compensation works. So, so first of all, if it's an existing customer, then there's going to be compensation or should be compensation tied to retention of those, growth of those. If you've got a customer marketing organization, they'll have a number, like we do, of serious decisions about how do you retain and grow those existing customers. So not just did you throw one over the transom, uh, but did you throw one that we could uh, keep over the transom and is that one that we're going to be able to sell? Um, and that's not a new idea. Uh, I remember doing some work for a, uh, uh, a financial institution that had credit cards and they, they paid salespeople a, an amount of commission based on what the customers the salespeople sold spent ah. on the card. Ah, yes. So is, was the experience when they bought good enough to cause them to know how and want to use it later on. And there was a distinction. We saw statistically valid differences between salespeople. Some salespeople caused an experience that, that made that customer a good customer going down forward. So how, you know, if you can do that with a credit card for a small business, you, you know, it's certainly the case that you can have an experience in your buying process that will make you a better customer. Uh, and certainly that ought to be a consideration for how sales reps are, are thought of. Okay. So finally, obviously Serious Decisions is a research organization. You're not only seeking to understand RevOps and educate people about RevOps, but you must have been looking at the outcomes, the results. Are you seeing better outcomes for, for businesses which choose a RevOps model? Yeah, we are. It's early days. Um, but, you know, we would say first let's look at like the proof for for why you should do it is in the alignment numbers so when we look at our clients and others and measure how aligned they are so we have an index you know we ask a lot of questions and, and then you know understand how aligned that organization is then we look at their performance and right. what we see is more alignment equals better profitability higher growth so that's that's why we hit the RevOps wagon to alignment it's really about getting that alignment across all three of those uh, and when you do that, we know that the organization will perform better than it would have. Now, you still have to be, if you want to grow, you still got to be in a market that's growing. Right? Yeah. So if your pie is getting smaller, it's going to be very difficult for you. You're going to have to take all the business away from somebody else. So that's critically important. Uh, if your products aren't good, that's going to be, it's going to make it difficult. But with all of those things remaining equal, get yourself aligned and you'll grow faster and be more profitable. And that's what RevOps is about. That is a great summary. Thanks, Kerry. You're welcome.